Nick Kiprios here, and we need to talk new energy. New energy is a great tasting, chewable tablet I carry everywhere. Whether I'm broadcasting a late night doubleheader or going to an early morning pickup skate, new energy is, hands down, my go to to help promote alertness, wakefulness, and relieve fatigue with only ingredients I love. Look for the orange stick at a retailer near you, or look for my webpage at getnewenergy.com slash Kiprios. That's getneuenergy.com slash Kiprios. This product may not be right for you. Always read and follow the label. All right, another week, World Talk Report, Cody Jansen and Adam Ermtrope. Cody, what's up? Not much, buddy. Just hanging out, as always, Sunday night here. So kind of waiting for the Flames game. Might uh, peep at that. They're doing pretty good. You? How's, uh, how's the week been? Seems like it's been forever, as always. Yeah, uh, busy week for sure. Just a couple of hockey games that I had to attend, you know, one-on-one interviews after, not a big deal. And it's kind of the dog days of the NHL season. It seems like like after Christmas, guys aren't really fully mentally back yet, and they're just kind of waiting for the trade deadline or for the shoe to drop. But yeah, kind of the dog days of the season. It is a little bit weird, and especially since we're in that gap between like here in the all-star break for the NHL, which honestly, I didn't even know the NHL was having an all-star game until probably like a week ago. But I mean, we'll get more into that. I think it's stupid all around though. I mean, whatever hockey's back still kind of in that lull after world juniors, like none of these games are going to equal Finland USA. So why do I even bother getting my hopes up? Yeah, there hasn't been much going on and, as I said, I guess guys are waiting for the trade deadline and most are probably waiting for, for the vacation they're probably going on in a couple weeks here. Now, if you're in NHL and you're not going to the All-Star game, where would you be going? I don't know. It kind of depends, I guess. Like, I mean, if you're, if you're a team on a West Coast road trip, wouldn't you just stay in California for a bit and get a couple of rounds in? No, dude. You've got unlimited well, like you'd, you'd go- money. Whatever you want, wherever you yeah, want. Yeah, well, I'd probably go to Maui or something or like a city with like a sweet night. I've never been to Hawaii, Like though. off the grid, though, off the grid, of course. Is, is it pretty I sick have. or what? I was too young to like, I assume you're asking sick from like an adult perspective and I was too young to really know what was going on at night. But I think like you, you'd want like more resorts and like, beach club so you probably go to mexico or something like that except in mexico you're going to get shot up every other day there's something yeah, on well, that place is a scum hole yeah. i think i'd avoid mexico for sure i don't know like i guess kind of like maybe if you're thinking of somewhere like foreign i don't know, like jamaica seems cool caribbean no that's probably worse jamaica's worse yeah, caribbean I think so. Apparently, Jamaica is more like you have to stay on the resort. We should probably we should probably cut this this part out. We don't want to be bashing Mexico. But, anyways, no I guess we'll we'll get right into it. We'll get right into it here with the uh, with the Flames. They just just popped on our TV here tonight to play. So they've been rolling. They're second in the NHL, and I don't think you'd really know about it right now. Everybody, all the talks about Tampa and. Winnipeg and Nashville, but newsflash for you, the Flames are second in the league and they don't look like they're slowing down. 
you know what's sad is I guarantee you it's over five, probably like closer to ten. The amount of Flames games this year where I've watched like the first period or period and a half, and I'm like, oh man, this isn't going good. Flip the channel. All of a sudden, I'll get a notification on my phone or you'll text me or something like Flames just lighting it up. and or, uh, I mean, it, it's insane. Like this team honestly just sleeps through the first two periods, finds a way to get it done in the third. I just don't know when it's going to click for a full 60 for them because somehow they're second in the NHL. And I guarantee you can count on one hand the amount of times they've played a full 60 minutes of dominant hockey. Yeah, um, I mentioned it on here before, but Sean Monaghan on After Hours a couple weeks ago, well, maybe a couple months at this point, he was asked to compare the team to the team a couple years ago where Yuri Hoodler was on him and Gaudreau's wing, and he didn't really have much of comparison. He just said, you know what, uh, that team came back a lot, but at the same time, this team's a lot better than, than we were there. Like He thinks that last the last time that they had all these comebacks is a little more luck. But this time he knows that they're a good team and they actually know they can beat anybody on any given night just based on skill alone. Yeah, I've only heard that story about four or five times. Want to, want to tell the one about Babcock talking about Barkov? Wow, <laughs> just just, just messing with you. Dude, uh, man, the Flames are buzzing, though. Let's talk about them. Like seven of their last nine. Riddick is looking like a stud. Do you think he's going to be able able to carry them into the playoffs and stuff? Like, obviously, if they keep rolling, they're going to get a pretty high seed. Do you think Riddick could be the guy to carry them to the conference finals or cup finals? Well, yeah, I think he'd have to, right? I mean, Mike Smith isn't that guy. We'll see how many shitty goals he lets in tonight. Maybe CC Old takes exposed on that one because probably means he'll get a shutout. Um, yeah, well, I mean, Riddick will have to. There's... They're probably not looking for a goalie. They still have some young guys in the system with Gillies and Tyler Parsons, but the only goalie out there is Bobrovsky, and I guess we'll have to get into that from Columbus. But at the same time, maybe the Jackets go for it this year, knowing it's probably their last year with him. And also at the same time, he's had a terrible postseason for the last how many years. So Riddick's going to have to be that guy, and right now it's hard to argue with what he's done. Yeah. For sure. I, I would I don't think Bobrovsky is a good fit at all, or even I mean should be in consideration. No chance. Also, Columbus going for it seems stupid. Like that team's falling apart at their fingertips. I don't care if they're winning games. They've always done that. They've always been a solid regular season team. They should have gone up three rip on the caps. They didn't have enough heart. They fell apart. Caps win that series. They get rolling. They win the cup. That's how that one went. Moving along. Let's talk about your Oilers. Boy, just when they get your hopes up, they crush it. They play horrible. Ken Hitchcock isn't helping. I'm sorry. Everyone who thought he was going to change things around there, it's not going to help. If Connor McDavid isn't going at a 10 out of 10 pace, that team's not winning hockey games. They're just clearly not good enough. Well, funny story about the Oilers getting your hopes up. I actually tweeted that from our account that to not really read into their wins because I know I haven't really gotten my hopes up about them turning the corner because at the end of the day, the roster is the roster. And the people who thought they were going to turn it around this year didn't really maybe know what they were in for. Just looking at the right side of 
Ty Ratty, Jesse Pugliarvi, um, Zach Cashin, and Kyler Yamamoto. Those were those were the first. Those are your four right wingers, and then Alex Chase on the PTO at this point. But I mean, at the same time, you look at it, and the roster is not good enough. The Oilers are a punching bag for the league. Any single time I turn on the TV to listen to a talk show or listen to another podcast, um, they're not not quite there, and they're the punching bag for the league. So it's kind of funny at this point. I mean, everyone's like, "Oh man, like maybe uh, maybe they'll trade Nugent Hopkins for like Cody Cece or some stupid like that." Because the sad part is, I mean. It's actually possible to think that, given the management right now. And also with the Oilers, they better hope to make the playoffs this year. I saw a tweet the other day, and it was just kind of directed at Oilers season ticket holders. And they're like, oh, what do you what do you think? Like, are you going to renew your tickets? And a lot of people said not under this regime, i.e. Peter Shirelli and Bob Nicholson, which seems fair. And also, um, Elliot Friedman said this, that, when Rogers Place opened, this is now the third year it's been opened, um, the suites in the building, you're either given a three, a five, or a ten-year lease that you could sign a suite for. And the three-year leases are up. So, I mean, from an ownership and money-making perspective, that's also a big deal because if people are that pissed off that they're not renewing their suites for whatever, like thirty dollars or $40,000 a year, well, probably way more than that, actually, then... Daryl Cates probably won't be too happy. Holy shit. Erm hitting you with the business facts right there. That's a kid that's going to school. Jeez. I don't know. Edmonton, I mean, come on. Let's be realistic here. Edmonton people, Oilers fans, a lot of them are dumb enough to renew those tickets. And plus, you get to see McDavid every night. So even if they are losing, you're still seeing the best player in the NHL. Couple of couple other things there. I don't, I mean I don't know. Like I don't think it's really going to hurt them that much. It's not like Kate's is going to lose sleep over people re-signing their season tickets. But what's what's your thoughts? No, I'll on- just pay an actress. Oh, never, never. oops, not going to edit that one out. Uh, okay, what's your thoughts still? Pretend I'm the Oilers GM right now. Okay, I'm going. Oh my goodness, Peter Shirelli's obviously in panic mode. He's going. How do I save this season? Well, here's a thought. Let's bring in a very good second line. So now all of a sudden, we're packaging Jesse Pugliarvi, a second round pick, and Milan Lucic. And we're going to bring in, I'm going to throw out Wayne Simmons for the heck of it. I know, like, you might, maybe you get a pick back or something. And then we're going to launch together a first round pick in Kyler Yamamoto. And we're going to bring in a damn good second liner who can score. Now, I'm not saying I don't think Jeff Skinner is going to be going away for that. But let's say it's in that realm. And now all of a sudden, boom, you've got a little bit of forward depth. Now you start to look in that prospect bank. I actually, I've enjoyed watching Caleb Jones, but I don't think he's going to be a star defenseman. So while he's playing good right now, teams are kind of catching his eye. Boom, maybe that's another guy. You can move bringing in another solid forward. Now you've just rebuilt your second line. I get it. Next season, you're not going to have that draft. But what's it matter for the Oilers right now? They're going to be picking 15th anyways. It doesn't matter if you get an Oliver Wallstrom. He's not going to change your franchise around. What matters is if you, I mean, just keep losing in the fashion they are. 
with the players they have, how much longer are they all going to want to stick around going, yeah, sure, we trust PC's going to build us a good team eventually. No, no one wants to have to deal with the wrath of Edmonton while losing games, missing the playoffs, and dealing with this place. I agree with that to a point. I think that if they're going to... If they were to trade Pugliarvi or Yamamoto or even a high pick, I think that you'd want a guy with term. Because if you trade that for Wayne Simmons and he doesn't sign... No, for sure. I was just throwing out names there. Like, I mean, I Um, I haven't looked at exactly who's on the open market. But, I mean, can you get a guy with three years? Maybe two, two years, two to four years, whatever. We'll go with that. Like, yet again, what's the point of... I get it. You got to draft. You can still draft in two to three years. It's, I mean, honestly, one first round pick gone isn't going to be the end of your franchise. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I know like, I'm 99% sure Tampa and the Flames have dished off their first round picks. Like not all of them, but I'd say multiple in the past five, seven years. Both teams have been very active and moving. Yeah, I guess if you look at the Flames, the Flames gave theirs up for Hamannick, and it was a steep price. But at the same time, they've like look at the record; it, it's kind of proof is in the pudding right there. Uh, Tampa gave theirs up for Ryan McDonough, and they're able to extend. What did them, you say? Uh, their perk is in the pudding. What type of old folks quote is that? I said the proof. Oh my God. Proof is in the pudding. I think a lot of these listeners would have heard of that it. That sounds like something my grandparents a lot of people would say. Things. Yeah, well, I mean, and Winnipeg, I think, what they give up for Paul Stastny last year, their first-round pick? Yeah, of course. So there's ways around it. It's just that you want, you want to add to your team. You don't want to build your team through trading picks. And unlike Tampa and Winnipeg and Calgary to a lesser extent, the Oilers haven't built their team through drafting. They <laughs> haven't really built a team, to be honest. But those teams have already been built through the draft, so they can afford to give those picks, and they actually have prospects. The Oilers' two prospects are Yamamoto and Pugliarvi, and they're in the NHL. So you trade those two, and it's pretty thin, thin cupboard of prospects. But I think that, if anything, like I'm selling the farm for Mark Stone and signing him because that's a guy who... Like, that's a guy who you need, quite frankly, but it's a steep price. Hey, as I said, I mean, you're not going to get anything for free. Don't expect any teams to hand you anything over because they feel bad for Peter Shrelly. Like, teams have seen the brutal trades he's made before. So no GM is going to be like, oh, I kind of feel bad for him. Maybe give him Mark Stone for, you know, Pugliarvi and Lucic. Not going to happen. I mean, keep dreaming. It's going to cost you. But yet again... Are the Oilers willing to ride it out and hope they can draft a couple of studs that are going to make an impact? Or are they going to hope Colin Larkin can jump in up there? I mean, play on the second line with Ty Ratty? Doesn't make sense. They got to do something. Or they might as well just blow up the farm, trade McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nuge, get as many first-rounders as you can, and start all over. I think that those should be your only two options. Because right now, being a mediocre, boring team isn't helping anyone. Yeah, and I think it worries a lot of fans that whenever they see, oh, 
Peter Chiarelli looks like he wants to make a move or sounds like he wants to make a move, that worries a lot of people, and I don't blame him at this point. I mean, if it's another GM, if you just bring in a random guy who has a decent track record, then that's fine. But since it's Chiarelli, it's like, oh, no, what Like, what are we in for? We're in for trading Nugent Hopkins for a guy who's going to be healthy scratch, i.e. Could you let a draft running, pick but... for a healthy scratch? Yeah, for healthy scratch at two and a half million for the next year also, which I mean, good gosh, that that doesn't make sense. But speaking of the Oilers, I guess McDavid's twenty second birthday, he apparently got sick on it, so he wasn't at their skills competition today. That's a funny one. I saw your tweet too and I did chuckle, like, boy, we might need a private investigator. But that seems like a little bit more than hungover. Do you think like he maybe made a stop at like the Edmonton City Center Hospital with some alcohol poisoning or what? Like, boy, to miss a skills competition, and you know as much as anyone, McDavid loves the fans. Like, he must have been so fired up with that loss against the Yotes. Combine that, you get, I don't know, maybe a couple little waters in him. You combine that with a couple little adult pops because it's his birthday. Boy, maybe he just uh, hit the sauce a little bit. Well, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't blame him. And at the same time, he's like the one guy in Edmonton who could do anything he wants and the fans won't care because they know he's our only hope, right? Like, he can skip these skills competitions. He could, you know, get... And anytime he gets sick, it's always sick and tired of losing or sick and tired of carrying the team, just stuff like that, you know? How mad would you be, though? As a fan or as a kid, you know, I don't want to make this like shine bad light on McDavid, but if you're going to the skills comp to watch McDavid rip around the ice or to see him snipe a couple of targets and you're seeing Zach Cassian as your most accurate shooter or Ryan Spooner as your fastest skater, aren't you a little bit disappointed? Just a little bit, maybe. I mean, it's not like, like, it's not like, honestly, and you see the guys at the NHL skills competition for those who actually watch it. There's guys who go like four for 10 in the target shooting. And it's possible that, you know, you, you miss a couple shots, like whatever. And it's possible Cashian beats McDavid. So it's not like you're going to see McDavid light up the skills competition. Cause like individually skilled, there's a lot of guys like Ty Rowdy went four for four today. Like that's the best you can do. So it's like, I mean, it doesn't really matter. Maybe the fastest skater, which would be 13 seconds, it's kind of cool. But I mean, whatever. He can do it every once. Happy birthday, Connor. How about that guy? I'm just going through Twitter right now. How about that guy that was arguing or whatever? I don't know. He writes for like Puck 11 or whatever. And he was saying like, oh, the Kings need to fire sale immediately. Like one, they don't realize that a 36-year-old has no trade value at the deadline. Two, their past month has actually been solid. Like the LA Kings over the past month, frick, I'm looking for the tweet now. Yeah, they're like five and five. Yeah, but they've beat night. like legitimate hockey teams too. Like they've beat Winnipeg. Pittsburgh in the back. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's kind of like, okay, let's just lay off the Kings here. I get it. They had a horrible start, but maybe they are. Philadelphia's in last place in the league. Yeah, dude. I was gonna I was gonna ask you about that. Is uh what did you think of the poll? Like who's the worst team in the NHL to watch? Like 
everyone's kind of like blowing it out of proportion. But like, honestly, like the team that you're like, oh my goodness, they're on TV. Can I find the national news? I'm not going to say Ottawa just because like they actually have like players you want to watch. Like I'm not turning in because I'm like, oh man, the, the devil's power play is so fun to watch or the devil's really have a nice four check. So that's fun to watch. Like I'm not doing that. I'm turning in to be like, oh, what's uh, what's like Brady Kachuk doing? So just like at the bottom teams, Philadelphia, you know, they still have like Drew Vorchek, Nolan Patrick, Provorov, who's having a rough year, but at the same time, they're young, young players. Uh, and you want to see what Carter Hart's going to do in net that night, even though it hasn't been great. Uh, the Sens have like Duchesne, Mark Stone, Brady Kachuk, like those, and Shabbat. I mean, like they have like the top defenseman score who's hurt, but the Kings still have Doughty and Kopitar. Where I start to kind of get a little at the wings, like, I mean, I'm not really turning in to watch Dylan Larkin fly around the ice. I mean, he's good, but. Or how about that, ga- that guy with, uh, Two name like two names that start with an A. It's like Anthony Athanasiu or whatever the hell his name is. Andreas Athanasiu, something like that. Yeah, whatever. You know who I'm talking yeah, about. Like, like I'm, I'm not, he gets like one I'm good goal every like ninety days. Yeah, and then I mean Chicago still like I'm shooting in to watch Patrick Kane every day of the week. Yeah, the Devils not so much just because like I mean Taylor Hall is fine, but after that like he sure. Eh. Okay, here I found that tweet. I found that tweet though. Uh, since December eighteenth, Kings have wins over Winnipeg, San Jose, Vegas, Pittsburgh, Edmonton, Colorado, and Arizona. So that's a pretty decent month for a team that was so bad. And their losses are against like Ottawa. Okay, well, I mean, hey, yeah, make me look good here. I, w- I, mean, I like won this Rangers, Twitter fight. The Rangers aren't great. No, it's definitely Detroit. Yeah, you, that's you a won. team who I was shocked. I was like, oh man, definitely Detroit for me, but. Like what? What good do I have to watch I'd any say, Detroit Red Wings game? Honestly, other than Dylan Larkin, who is yeah. not a guy who you tune into, as you said. Like, what am I going to watch, Jonathan Bernier? Yeah, uh, yeah, I'd say Detroit, Jersey, and the Rangers. But when the Rangers are at home, it's still pretty sweet, just because MSG. At least I mean. Jersey has like Heisher and Hall. I think they got two. I don't mind watching yeah. Boyle. Yeah, good. That, that that's about good where you, that's about um, where I draw the line there. Uh, I just saw a picture of the guy on TV, Garland. How bad does his face look right now? Oh my goodness, he got mocked up. But uh, he scored that goal with his face, dude. How funny was that? Yeah, he was like in the crease, getting knocked over, and he got absolutely smoked in the face. But he scored. That happened at the World Juniors. That Condalik guy on the check, he scored a goal with his face too. True, but it was nothing. Like this guy took a bomb. Yeah, he got it straight in the face. This guy. Yeah, like right to like the eye low or eye low, whatever you want to call it, right underneath your eye. Like just took a cannon there after getting dusted from behind with a cross check into Talbot. So like it was just like double bang. I mean, he had no clue he scored. Yeah. Pretty funny. He's rocking a fishbowl now. I mean, what a hockey guy, eh? Day after he takes that, he's back in the lineup. Yeah, he needs to work on his hair, though. And he just got rocked. Is that Jankowski? Just rocked him? Jankowski just gave him a forearm to the face. I think it was, too. I was trying to look for the fishbowl. That's, that's pretty funny. Um, other can things, I mean, Flames, Berland. Oh, go for it. Go for it. Yeah. Uh, 
to see Michael Furlan just beat the crap out of Austin Watson, who, might we add, had a 20-game suspension this year for domestic violence. So. Um, yeah, no, I, was, I don't think anyone was too mad to see that. No, and but also Michael Furland is eighth on TSN's trade bait board. And if you're a betting man and you can find a prop bet on this, put money on Michael Furland to get traded before the deadline. Carolina is what they call a cap team. So they're not going to be overpaying any guys. And apparently Michael Furland is looking for a Tom Wilson like contract, which I believe is like five years and 30 million or six years and 30 million. But yeah, um, here's my thoughts on Furland. He plays like Tom Wilson every third game. So Tom Wilson plays like Tom Wilson can every, like every game. Michael Furland plays like that every third game. And that was a knock on him in Calgary where you never really knew which Furland you were going to get. Were you going to get the playoff Furland of three years ago who just made a name for himself and was an absolute beast in that series? Or were you going to get the Michael Furland who had one goal in his last 20-something games in Calgary, you know? Oh, exactly. We should ask him about the time when I was 15 and robbing him at Wheaties camp, him and Shan. But uh, obviously it's worked out better for him. Dude, I think he can – I don't think Tom Wilson money's in his running – but I don't think four is that big of a stretch. Do you think four million a year is that big of a stretch for him? No, I'd give him four. Like, I mean, he has 11 goals in 25 games this year, which is pretty good. And you can kind of play him anywhere in the lineup. Uh, although Carolina's asking price for, or supposed asking price for what they think they're going to get for him, like a first and a decent prospect. Uh I'm probably not lining up to that. That, that, that new Carolina owner is like, we'll take two draft picks and uh, pay for our scouts' phone bills for the rest of the year. Those are kind of getting pricey. Yeah, it's like Moneyball, where he's like, <laughs> you have to stock our vending machine. <laughs> Dude, I could see those Carolina owners doing that after hearing the stories on how cheap they are. What didn't they offer? Who'd they offer? Like, is it their GM? They offered him like two hundred grand or so, or four hundred no, grand or something nuts. No, I think it was Paul Fenton, who was the assistant GM in. I'm not hundred percent, but his assistant GM in Nashville got offered a job in Carolina for like three hundred grand, which is like about three hundred grand too low to be honest for a GM. And yeah, he, yeah. he said no, so they got this. I think who is it? Don Waddell. I believe is the GM. Um, anyways, just speaking of GMs, we'll we'll focus on this more going forward. But TSN trade bait board number one: Colton Pareko, St. Louis. Number two: Jake Muzzin, LA. And apparently, the asking price for Muzzin is once again a first and a prospect. But he's a he's a really nice player who he still has a year left at four million. So he's top four defenseman. I'd probably pay that. Uh, Kevin Hayes, far apart money in New York, only got a one-year deal after having a big year last year, so it's probably gone. Brett Pesci in Carolina, five years left. Jeff Carter in L.A., who apparently doesn't want to leave L.A., so probably cross him off. Charlie Coyle in Minnesota, because the Wild are so average, they need to do something, but they'll probably trade Charlie Coyle for another average player. Gustav Nyquist in Detroit, probably get traded UFA at the end of the year. Jimmy Howard in Detroit. Apparently asking a first-round pick for him, which seems a little high, even though he's having 
a unbelievable year with a 923 save percentage. Then Matt Duchesne, Ottawa. So, of course, I, I actually kind of want to talk about Matt Duchesne. He traded to Ottawa last year because he was sick and tired of the losing Colorado. So, sure enough, he gets traded to Ottawa where he's going to get sick and tired of the losing. He's having a really good year, which kind of worries you because you know the guys who have really good year and contract years, they don't tend to have good years after they sign the contract. That's how it's got to work. I mean, come on. But also, there was so much of that talk about Duchesne in the dressing room that I, I wonder how much of that mumbling was true, right? Like, it's got to come to a point where you're like, uh, maybe he's not this, not innocent, but, you know, maybe he's not the best teammate in the world. Anytime you request a trade makes you look not weak, but, I mean, it's not a great look. Like, you, you're crest request a trade from a, a very bad team at the time and then sure enough that team turns it around and you get you get dealt um everyone like i mean matthew sheen seems like the perfect example of the guy who everybody thinks is still 23 or 24 but he's been in the nhl for 10 years he's almost played 700 games and he turns 28 on january 16th so i mean He's not exactly young, and he's only played played eight playoff games. So, I mean, you want to look at a guy who's had a really nice, like a pretty decent career after being a third overall pick, and he's played eight playoff games and has yet to score a playoff goal. I mean, that's doesn't look well for Ottawa's hopes of re-signing him, but it doesn't really look great for him either. There's another milestone today. Uh, Giordano hit 800 games, I believe they said. 800 games for an undrafted player. That's nuts. Who who was it? Oh my goodness. I, I'm gonna I mean kick myself for not screenshotting it. Oh, I think it was Jerry D, that Canadian actor or whatever guy. He said he was like coaching hockey back in the day. Yeah, Did you deep. see that one? It wouldn't surprise me. He didn't start playing till like he was in the OHL, did pretty good there, and then AHL with the flames for 55 games over two years and then he he went to Russia I think there was contract disputes or something like that but he went over to Russia and then got back to the flames I mean just top three Norris guy right now here's Jerry D's quote uh it was when I coached high school hockey we'd play this one team I don't know how to say this cham chaminade chaminade and he's like and they'd have eight players one player never came off the ice. He'd go end-to-end every shift. It was Mark Giordano. Never drafted into the OHL or NHL. What a story. That's crazy, dude. He played on a high school team with eight players. And now he's he just I mean cranked out 800 games in the show. That's unreal. That's a milestone and a half. And he's probably in the Norris running, too. Yeah, him and whatever Morgan Riley or... I mean, at this point, Eric Carlson's probably in there. Yeah, you know, you root for guys like that, hey? 100%. Dude, I mean, what a feel-good story. Plus, he's seen the ups and downs with the Flames. Okay, I was going to ask you about trades way back on that topic. How weird is it now? I guess you're probably the one you're better to ask than me. What's with all these junior kids, like be it junior A or major juniors even, asking for trades? Dude, there's like 16 and 17 year olds who are like, you see like teams like have to post about like this person isn't going to be with the road, like the team on the road trip. They've requested a trade. It's like, 
what? You're 17 years old. Like, what in your right mind makes you think you should just request a trade? Is that just the, the common culture nowadays, I guess? Like, you probably see it more than I do. Um, it's There's a couple things, and I'll admit it's not a great look for the kid, as I said, but at the same time, there's a lot of junior hockey coaches who are absolute pricks, and there's a lot who run a bit of a power trip, and, like, it's... There's there's some I'm not going to name names, but as as you know, there are junior hockey coaches who are absolute jackasses. Yeah, I would agree. For a sixteen or seventeen year old kid who may not have the thickest skin, that's probably not the best scenario to be in. Although there is the other side of it where you need to grow up pretty quick if you're going to be living away from home. And what I always say to any of my friends who are just kind of like saying, you know, I, I want more ice or I'm kind of worried about going forward, you know, you just kind of tell them that if you're good enough to play, you'll play. And if you're good enough to make it to the next level, somebody will find you. I mean, there's a long list of guys who, you know, played on their fourth line and in hockey. And then the next year, like, I mean, Brett Leeson, perfect example, gets traded out of Tri-City, isn't doing well, makes the world junior team going to be a first round pick, you know? So, just guys who, like, there's a lot of cocky kids too. I mean, they think that there's something special just because they put up, had a good midget year, and then they get to the dub, and they're on the third and fourth line, but it's a 19-year-old league. Like, your time will come. You just got to be patient. Yeah, I'd agree with that. No, that's that's, that's cool to get uh, your perspective because you're a little bit more in tune with that. And, I mean, it does make sense for some of those younger guys who do have to put up with dipshit coaches, like, yeah, there's a lot of them who are pricks and, I mean, have no right. Have, I mean, there's just no use for what some of them are doing. And there's others, like, I get it. If it's a 19-year-old or a 20-year-old who's had a good junior career, just wants to win, if that's the reason they're wanting to be traded, okay, I can accept that. But, yeah, I mean, there's some guys who you, you go and look up their hockey DB, it's like, oh, 25 games in the dub, no points, and they're a dash seven. And it's like the tweet that was sent out by the teams, like, oh, they've requested a trade. They won't be on the trip. I don't know. Seems a little bit outrageous. Uh, moving on, though. Let's, 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 more, more happier stuff here. Uh, the Anaheim Ducks have lost, I believe, 11 straight. And Bob Murray, their general manager, 34 minutes ago, which I guess after their loss to Winnipeg tonight, he said, I don't want to make these comments, but our recent play has led to many questions. Our fans are frustrated, rightfully so, and deserve a response from me. At this time, I'm not considering a coaching change. I'm more focused on our players, specifically with who is going to step up in the right situation, yada, yada, yada. They should expect more from themselves. So probably people who thought Randy Carlisle would get fired, me included, he will not get fired. That's what they say. Isn't that what PC said about McClellan, too, like a week or two before about, like, it's like, ah, I coach is fine. Whatever. Things change. People sleep different one night. People, I don't even know what it's called. You get a brain fart. You're just like, ah, yeah, okay, I... let's make that change. But the Ducks have been hot trash. Like, Gibson hasn't been good enough. Well, the... Their leaders are aging. I mean, they're a broken team. Like, just physically, they're beat. Why? Because they go to the second round of playoffs every year, and they end up losing. Like, that's a team with a lot of miles on it. 
yeah, and just the style they've played for the last 10 years. And as you said, make it to the second or third round and lose to Nashville or I think LA the one year, Chicago another year. They That's a team with a lot of miles. And Ryan Kessler is held together with duct tape at this point. And he has six points in 40 games this year, which, I mean, darn. Your, your tweet caught fire. Got to love office gifts. There's nothing better. <laughs> that that gets the people. but And then just looking at their cap, I mean, Corey Perry's probably out for the year at this point. Like, I mean, they're not making the playoffs. Why rush back? Uh, Ryan Getzlaff's still a player, but as you said, a lot of miles and Getzlaff, Kessler, and Perry, I think that's over $21 million for at least the next three years. So, no, not great. They are, the they're going to have some problems. And I mean, that's kind of expected, right? You, you go through your time. They missed out. They didn't do good in playoffs when they should have. I mean, they had opportunities to make legitimate runs. And I mean, they, they'd lose out to your LA's, your San Jose's, your Chicago's, who were just. Yeah, I know. I just saw that. What Guess we were just talking idea. about it. Is that a World Hockey Report bump? Something like that. Whatever. We'll take credit. Kid came from Shatamayan yeah, or whatever high school. Game. Played on a team with eight players. That's sick. Lighten it up. Um, dude, how funny was that? Sally, though, from Matthew Strom. I believe that's like Dylan Strom, Ryan Strom's little brother. One picked in, in overtime and skated right off the ice. Yes. How funny was that? Well, it was just a week after he got that shootout goal where the lights went off, and he scored because the lights went off. And then he that was insane. Yeah, and he didn't score in the next one. How pissed would you be at the light guy? Yeah, well, they they got it all figured out. A lot of teams, and it's actually a funny story. A lot of teams are investing more money into like the light shows after they score. And the old joke in Saskatchewan here is. Moose Jaw got a brand new rink and instead of buying a new ice plant for the rink, they just took the ice plant from the old one and paid a lot of money for new lights. So their ice was complete shit. I don't know if it's been fixed, but the ice was shit. The most important thing in a hockey rink, but they paid money to get a bunch of new lights in. They also have no parking. Like they're literally, their parking lot is shared with Safeway. It's insane. That's a dumpster fire and a half. Honestly, what's your thoughts on that whole lights off celebration? Like, I feel like that's become more popular than having like a big goal horn. Like, you know, kind of back in the day, everyone thought like, oh, you got to get a train horn in there, boat horn in your rink, essentially. And now it's like, oh, if you score, you want all the lights to go off. You get the spotlight on you for the flyby. Like, there's so much emphasis on that now. eh? Like, most teams are doing it. Man, nothing beats a train horn. And like... Yeah, I, I'm a big, big train horn, like LA Kings goal horn. That's like inject that into me. Not not so much the light show, like maybe a spotlight or something like that. Or like it's kind of cool when the, the boards light up, kind of. But definitely the train horn. And it just adds to, oh my gosh, what a pass by Johnny. Two rip flames. Um, that was nuts. Yeah. The the train horn for sure. And it makes such a difference. Like just going to games. I remember I went to a game in Kelowna to watch watch our boy Lind. And I watched him and they have the sickest goal horn. And then like their goal song, it's like just says rocket a bunch of times. It's sick. 
and it just adds to the atmosphere in the rink. I mean, goal horns, that's, that's what I'm all about. Did you ever play in any small town Saskatchewan barns where it was like, like I'm thinking of like maybe the old Aberdeen barn or like Dundurn, you know, kind of where it's, where it's like miserably cold inside and then they've got an, just an asinine train horn, semi horn inside the barn. Did you ever play in one of those growing up? No, I don't remember any horns there. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know if it was like Aberdeen or Dundurn. I, I remember the ones from near Swift, like like Gluntworth, Hodgeville. Those places were just a riot. Even the old well, Estevan the bar. Oh, oh, the yeah, Shrow. Place. The Shrow has a sick train horn. Even like, I mean, Humboldt's rink too, they have a sick horn too. Just like loud, loud goal horns yet. that you want. No, they're adding on to it. The contacts no don't way. play in there anymore, though. Do they play at the it's Belcher? Just, uh, yeah, they play at uh, the Husky rink. Um, no, the the Shrow, it's just like... I th- that place makes so much money off uh, the old old people. Um, like Just like old dudes playing hockey, and they all like pay for like their dressing rooms and stuff, so they have like custom dressing rooms. And there's a story on CBC and there's like a 120 seat dressing room in the show. And like those guys are out there twice a week and they pay their fees and like, it's sick. Really? Seems kind of mm-hmm. weird, but whatever. Have you ever been in the old Warman yeah. rink? Like the diamond arena, the yellow one? Yeah, it was a dump. Oh man. Dump's the nicest thing you can say about it. I remember playing in there after I was a little bit more grown up, like, Cause that's where I grew up playing in there. Like, you know, a little initiation can skate. You think it's like, Oh, sick rink. Right. Then all of a sudden you're older and you're like, Oh my goodness. Like this is the smallest rink humanly possible. It's insane. It's so funny though, but what a place. Great memories. Yeah. Uh, moving on from the small town Saskatchewan rinks who I'm guessing a lot of our listeners have never heard about. Make the trip to Saskatchewan. Uh, the trade place. deadlines. Trade. Yeah, trade deadlines in the OHL, the WHL, the Q, not that anybody pays attention. That's, that's um, still going on. They all happened this last week. Uh, big names to get moved. It was mostly just the OHL. Uh, Jack Stanika got traded. Michael DiPietro a while ago. Nick Suzuki got traded. Mackenzie Entwistle got traded. I guess Joe Valeno a while ago in the Q. Boy, so people paid for guys who lost out um, in the quarterfinals, eh? <laughs> someone's yeah, gonna be so, pissed yeah. about hearing that comment for sure That's, we're gonna get some backlash well, I, I saw cody glass the other day and he's he's pretty good um, Yeah, not bad he although just to kind of talk about the western hockey league and how not to run a junior organization i tweeted this and the the brandon weekings here's how not to run your team and we had a lot of angry weedies fans at our throats well not so much at our throats more so at their throats after the deadline because two and eight in your last 10 games, I guess three and nine post trade deadline now. And they have their best player. Who's probably going to play in the AHL next year. Uh, Stelio Matthews and unsigned player who, you know, was probably relying on a big playoff run to get him a contract with Carolina, let alone if he doesn't sign by July 1st, he could just sign elsewhere, which I'm assuming he would. And they kept him. So instead of getting, you know, two first-round picks, I will say that the new WHL rule where you can't trade signed 15- and 16-year-olds might hurt um, 
hurt a team's trade, like trade proposal, but at the same time, they kept a 19-year-old on a non-playoff team who is going to be with them for three more months and then not be there anymore. And the funniest thing is, the Wee Kings Twitter account, like once they knew that their day was done, they had to tweet out, yeah, we're not making any more deals. So that's not a great look for them. And in a year that they're going to miss the playoffs, probably not a great job to not trade your best player. There was there was rumors that, that it was very close, but something falls through and, and you're left with an empty asset in three months. Now, give me the rundown. Like, How's the dub looking right now? Like, I mean, obviously, PA's a wagon and stuff, but are they still the, the clear favorites? You know, like Portland gave them a little bit of a run for their money the other night I saw, but you know, what, what's, what's your thoughts there? Well, the, the Raiders, um, they, at one point, they lost three or four at home within the last, last week or two weeks. So not great in the last little while. I saw Portland a couple nights ago in Saskatoon, and that was one of the best games I've seen all year. And honestly, if you, if you look at it, there's pretty much, I'd say, just Portland, Everett, Vancouver in the West, and then... In the East, PA, Saskatoon. Moose Jaw's always ranked, but they haven't really done... Like, that's a little confusing to me, but... PA, Saskatoon, Lethbridge. Um, I don't even know if Edmonton, but... The, the weird thing is, the Alberta Division, on Friday night, one through... their six teams, one through five were separated by eight points, so it'll be a dogfight to get out of there. Fair enough. There you go. That's your dub breakdown. Trout's got it all for sure. Um, Moving along. We've talked NHL. We've talked WHL. A little bit off the map. All-star game. One, give me your thoughts on those jerseys. And if you say they're good looking, we're going to stop this recording right now. Um, And two, what's your thoughts on the game itself? Like, as I said, like, honestly, I had no clue there was even an all-star game this year. I don't pay attention to this stuff. Like, it really doesn't interest me one bit. Well, the jerseys are not great. Why would they take the pictures underwater? It's like, oh, they're biodegradable? That that doesn't make sense. Biodegradable doesn't mean I'm just going to go dump off my jersey in the North Saskatchewan River. Like, what? who's just going to start chucking out jerseys now? I don't know. I mean, okay, continue. Sorry. They're made from ocean garbage, and I heard this today. You could say that anything in the world is made from ocean garbage, and somebody's going to like it just because. No, I don't don't think anything. The jerseys aren't great. It's weird how they're all black and white, and seeing a team like the Rangers jerseys in black and white is kind of weird. The only cool thing is that the own logos are on the front, so that's... Wow, yeah, they really went all out with that. It's like they knew what team they played for. Yeah, the jerseys aren't great. The jerseys aren't great. The game's not great. But at the end of the day, it's for the fans, and teams are lining up to host the All-Star game because you make a lot of money doing it. Do they still do three-on-three? Yeah, like it's still four teams, three-on-three, the winner split a million dollars. I remember the one year the Sedins gave it to their trainers. So that's really nice gesture by those guys. Of course, they're going to do something nice, but I think it's time to get rid of the picking like sixty and th- or six forwards and three D. 
just because I mean it's three on three. Like who's actually playing defense? Like it should just just be one guy from each team. Add the extra guys in, regardless of position, because this year Keith Yandel's an all star over Barkov. Side note: Nashville and LA got pumped tonight. Okay, yeah, Bar- I mean that's stupid, but also like okay. Giordano's not an all-star, correct? I don't believe Morgan Riley's an all-star, correct? Yeah, him and Mitch Marner. Yeah, insane. But wasn't like uh, Zuccarello in New York? Is is he an all-star? He in the running? Something insane. Like he's got four goals, and he was in the running even. Yeah, well, that's just the whole. Like I remember the one year Franz Nielsen was the Red Wings representative. Like probably name a hundred players in the league better than Franz Nielsen. Yikes. Gotta love the format of voting players in. And then Montreal's the only team that's not going to be represented because Carey Price isn't going. I don't get how that works. Like, literally, everything I was hearing before was, oh, there has to be one player from every team. And then all of a sudden, the next day, it's like, oh, well, Montreal's not going to have players, so it doesn't make sense. Well, I think even teams, even teams would rather their players stay home. Yeah, what do you think the Caps are thinking about, like, Ovi? They're probably pumped, man. Like, I'd be pumped, and, like, he's played a lot of hockey. Like, why would he want to – why would Alexander Ovechkin need to get on a seven-hour flight to go to California for three days? Like, why? Oh, I totally think that – I mean, time management, there's so many different things. Like, for a guy like that in the NHL, I don't – he doesn't have kids or anything, but I think he's got a significant other, let's say. Like, just go spend the time with your family. Nah, yes. Oh, yeah, okay. Sorry about that. Um, didn't mean to offend you. Don't, His son's don't like send me to Russia people. or any of those places of, of the above. Um, yeah, but no, like, dude, like, just chill with your family. Hang out. Relax. Honestly, take the time. If he, if he win an all-star competition, zero. That, that doesn't matter at all to you. You know what matters for Ovi? If he can go back-to-back, he can make another good playoff run. Dude, if he finishes off this season strong, he gets 50 tucks. That's what matters to him. Not if he goes to some stupid all-star game and has a couple of laughs yeah. with players he's just going to absolutely wreck well, in exactly. a month. And, like, in all honesty, like, wouldn't Kuznetsov or Backstrom be, like, sicker to watch in three-on-three? Three? Like, I know Ovechkin's more for the fans, but Kuznetsov, I would say, is more skilled than Ovechkin, you know? Ovi's just so, out there throwing bomb one tees from the top of the circle. Hasn't moved once. Yeah, and you're not taking you're not taking a one tee in an all star game. It's like taking a one tee in wreck. Like <laughs> you're not gonna do it just because if you hit the goalie in the neck and he gets hurt at the all star game, he's gonna lose it on you. But yeah, I think it's it's stupid, but that's pretty much what we'll say about that. Uh just but to close out the show here, Rick Nash retired, and I guess what a what a great career he he made Columbus relevant partially, or more relevant than than they would have been without him. So you know, great career for him. What's one thing that comes to mind when you think of, of Rick Nash? Man, can I say two things? Can I, can I get two memories from Rick Nash for you? Sure. Okay. How nasty was his goal at the World Championships against Finland? When he literally had two defensemen mugging him. Like, that was clutch and grab era times three. And he went, like, backhand shelf still, like, falling down. One of the nicest goals he'll ever see. 
And then also when he was in Columbus and he literally walked the entire Phoenix Coyote roster and then like just a nasty talk to to finish it. Oh, man, that's Rick Nash in his prime. Such a smooth stick handler, like big. He had that reach where he could pull it left to right. And it was like it was going like 10 feet, like side to side. So, yeah, those are my two favorite memories of him. I mean, just an unreal player. So skilled. I mean, hey, he, he didn't win on the biggest stage, but boy, he was a legend. Definitely a Hall of Famer, I'd say. Yeah. Um, pr- yeah, I, I guess a Hall of Famer one's kind of awkward because the playoff numbers of 46 points in 89 games isn't outstanding, but he's he had a really good career and he's probably pretty disappointed how his 25 game playoff with the Rangers, he had three goals in, um, but yeah, a great player. And you just think of some big powerful winger who is impossible to stop at times. Power forward. That That's what I was looking for. Like power forward of like big could control the puck. Like no one could touch him. He'd play keep away with the best. And yeah, I mean, he could finish. He had some sick mitts. Yeah. And I guess, in the prime of his career too, like he was, he was pretty much reliable for over 30 goals and over 50 penalty minutes. So, and you know what? I bet you what made him so successful. Maybe he wasn't like us, you know, maybe he obviously worked a little bit harder, but Hey, I get guarantee you, he wasn't as happy though. Not sipping on any day Rose Adam, you know why? Hey, it's the best. It's 85% cider, 15% real rosé wine. You can buy it online with Venmo. Ships right to your door, especially if you're in the States too. So easy. I mean, you don't even have to leave your house. Alberta, it's in a bunch of uh, stores up here. The wine's made right in California, the heart of wine country. 6.9% alcohol. How are you? Um, I mean, come on. Anydayrosé.com slash World Hockey is where you're going to get it. And of course, if you use our promo code, World Hockey Report, all caps, no spaces, 10% off. That's 10% off if you use the promo code World Hockey Report, all caps, no spaces. And yet again, the link you got to follow, anydayrose.com slash world hockey. Go check it out. It's great. I mean, honestly, if you're looking for just, you know, a casual drink, nothing heavy, real easy on the gut, real easy on the dad bod. I know you haven't got there yet, Adam. You will. There's going to be a day. There's going to be a day. I will not get there. Hey, a quick shout out though. Did you see Canada's under 18 women's? They won gold. So a quick shout out to them. OT, OT Thriller saw the highlight. Congrats to them. Yes. Obviously that's sick. Anytime you uh, win gold with the crest, pretty unreal feeling. Um, Another news side, Penn State's that uh, Talvidia, that captain, he's going to have surgery and miss the rest of the season. So, I mean, Dude, the guy gets a world junior gold but misses the rest of his year. Kind of tough. Don't think Penn State's going to be too happy about that. But yet again, it's a give or take of hockey. And as Gary Bettman would say, that's why NHL players don't go to the Olympics. Uh-huh. Okay, one, I mean, I've, I've probably made this argument on the pod before, but if the Olympics were smart and if they moved hockey to the Summer Olympics... I honestly think you you could get a deal done, but we're not going to start with that on this pod. It's Sunday night. I'm already fired up. Let's not let's not go there. 
Yeah, and if you want to see the Olympics or not, uh, go to SeatGeek. SeatGeek is an app that takes the confusion out of buying tickets from all, all over the web to make buying simple. Tickets are given a grade based on value, a 1 to 10 score to let you know if you're getting a good or a bad deal. You from the seats lets you see where you're going to sit. Uh, download the SeatGeek app. Go to the settings tab, hit add a promo code, use our promo code. World Talk Report, all caps, no spaces for $20 off your first order. World Talk Report, all caps, no spaces for $20 off your first order. Did you tell people to go see the Olympics? Isn't that in like two years? Well, you can probably get a sale package put together. <laughs> Early bird pricing, eh? Hey, we haven't we haven't uh, got to talk about too much NHL picks, so uh, let's look at it. Monday night pods dropper in the I morning, had an obviously. The other day, I, had an I, I saw that. I mean, humble brag. It's only only eight teams, so. though. Only hit in a game uh, CHL parlay, but a certain OHL team lost and cost me like a couple bucks. So, not great. That's what you get for betting on juniors. Not really amateurs, but juniors. So, okay, let's let's take a look at it, though. I mean, tell me who you're hitting if you're hitting money line, puck line, whatever. Let's start it off. Uh, Chicago and New Jersey. In New Jersey. Um, I would take good Chicago. But, uh, let's go with Chicago. They're playing better lately. Chicago, eh? Feeling comfortable there? Yes. Here, Ooh. I'll just give you the uh, picks. Um I'll take Buffalo over Edmonton because McDavid's sick. Toronto minus one and a half against Colorado because Colorado sucks. I said Chicago. Minnesota, Philadelphia, probably Minnesota. Uh, Washington, St. Louis, Washington minus one and a half. Montreal, Boston. Uh, let's go upset pick Montreal. Wow, that's not a good one. Definitely going with Boston. Uh, St. Louis is kind of a, you know, they've been a bet breaker this whole season. So not too ca- not too confident. With the caps on the the money line there, I do like the Leafs though. Sabers, Sabers up. I bet you get some decent odds on that one. But the Oilers are at home, so I don't know. Yeah, I guess we'll see if McDavid plays right. If he doesn't play, oh boy, hammer the Sabers money line for sure. Yeah, exactly. That's that'd be that'd be smart. Let's get out of here. Another good one. Sunday night. Hey, uh, thanks to iTunes again for being just absolute pains in the asses. Um, if you are listening to this, we're up on iTunes and we're just the World Hockey Report now. We made it simpler. Maybe a couple of complaints here and there. Just the World Hockey Report now, easier to find. Drop us a new subscription, rate, comment, whatever you want. Do it. Be a beauty. Go unsubscribe the other one. It should be deleted here soon. Once iTunes gets their stuff together, they're kind of a pain in the ass. But we will get that figured out. Call us, call us idiots if you want. Yeah, I, I mean, I smack talk us on there. Go Get for it. it, someone. I mean, we always love drama. We haven't had too many Twitter fights lately. People have been quiet, or else we've just been right. I'm not sure which one's more realistic. Adam, though, Sunday night. Let's get out of here. See you later. Ah!